When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City of Chronicles is a Bay of Chronicles production. Vesuvius has erupted. The title has returned to the South. Maradona was not needed for Napoli to claim their third ever Scudetto. I did do a voice note about it on Thursday, but it's my first time back in the studio, the studio, the virtual studio with Mina Rizuki since, uh, since it happened. Mina, how have you been marking Napoli winning the Serie A title? You know what it is? I'm actually really jealous, not because they won the title, but because the whole city erupted, you know? And you just felt like, mm-hmm. gosh, this means so much. Like, I kind of wish I celebrated, you know, my team's like Scudetti like this, but it's just, there's such a passionate support. I thought Fiorentina were amazing to do the God of Honor. I just, I kind of like, just really, really wish I was there at the moment celebrating with them, you know, like what a, what a monumental achievement. And you know me, I'm mostly happy for Spalletti. I actually really feel what you're saying, um, you know, it's, it's sort of been a lovely experience watching that um, celebration and, and, and seeing how happy it makes people. I think it's one of those moments that reminds you like why we love this job, like why we love getting to cover football, what a privilege it is. It's because sport has that power to, to lift you up like that and to make you feel like something else. And I was thinking, you know, in, in my life, what's made me feel close to that? And certainly in sporting terms for me, even though I have been very lucky to see Arsenal win the league, I do think Italy winning the World Cup was the moment that made me feel like that sort of level of just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, joy that, that, that carries you away. What because it is something else. And the Euros was great too. The Euros was great, but it's not the World Cup. Mm, and okay. uh, listen, it's silly, isn't it? Just listening to everyone singing. There was a point on Thursday, actually, in the game against Udinese. Now, for months, they've been singing Capolista Seneva, the, you know, the leaders on their way, basically, you know, we're going to win the league. But that, i campioni d'Italia siamo noi, we are the champions of Italy moment. Like when it started inside the stadium, the Dacia Arena, I was like, oh, that feeling. I, I've had yes. that feeling as a fan. I'm very fortunate to have had it. It's such a joyful thing and it's carried on and on. I mean, I'd like you've been sort of, like you're, you're sort of suggesting out there, I mean, we've all seen now firework displays that would make you think Vesuvius really was erupting um, with how much sort of um, how overwhelming they are in, in Naples. We've seen the awards 
well, it's not quite the trophy ceremony yet. There's still a trophy ceremony to come, but they, they're returning home this weekend to play Fiorentina, win the game 1 0. And then that incredible light show at the end with Paolo Sorrentino coming onto the stage, and then all of the players being called out one by one, and Freddie Mercury, and we are the champions. It's been a scene, and I think really sort of powerful as well, seeing the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona for this game, of course, full to the gills, 60,000 people inside. And then you see the camera pan out from above the stadium, and you just see like tens of thousands more people <laughs> who haven't got tickets. But they've come down anyway, because where else are they going to be? You know, it's, it's the place to be to celebrate their team and absolutely incredible stuff. One thing that I can say about Napoli is that I think one of the reasons why I really like sport is for the wholesome moments. You know, like the, the nice things that happen in, in the sport that makes you think that we're all a community rather than just the, I hate the tribalistic nature of it. I'm much more into the wholesome moments. And I just feel like Napoli serves them up so often this season, like when Kravetskaya missed the penalty and Osman went up and lifted his head and he's like, you know, you walk with your head held high. And that was like such a moment. You know what I mean? It was, it was just so many of these pretty moments throughout, including, for example, just even in the, in the celebration with the, the man who makes the coffee, who made the coffee since the time of Maradona, Tomaso Starace, I think is his name is. And, and everyone like screaming his name who was sitting in the stadium, like everyone knew who he was. And he's sitting there like crying. And then obviously the only time that the stadium went even crazier was when Spalletti came on. I, I just feel it's like the little people that they celebrate, the community of, of Napoli, it wasn't about like, I don't know how to explain, it's not about a Ronaldo or like this huge figure, it's about everyone involved in this, you know, from from the beginning to the end, from like, you know, the guys who work in the warehouse to produce the kids, the, the kits, the, you know, the guy who makes the coffee, the the insane love between the players of Napoli. I think there's just been so many wholesome moments from Napoli this season that's made me think that I'm jealous of that. I am jealous of the, the, the love between them and how much a whole city can, can celebrate this. And then like the motorcycles coming out and following the team bus when they landed from Turin and um, when they knew that they were going to win the Scudetto, you know, and it was, and, and like the whole city with all the flares and pink. And I was just like, gosh, I really want to win the Scudetto. <laughs> I want to be able to see all of this, you know. I actually think that's maybe like a great sort of like thing to to say as well. I completely forgotten that moment you mentioned, Mina, with Osman and Kravitzkeli. I think that's a lovely moment. And I, I don't know if there's any other moments you sort of want to to pick up. There's some obvious moments, I think, from this season, like some of the goals that, that stick in my memory. Obviously, there was Kavara doing the, the slalom against Atalanta, where he sort of got the three guys in front of him and he's going left and right. And you can just see these sort of three almost cartoonish figures in front of him, like sliding and slipping because he's got them in his sights. And then there was Osimhen's goal against Roma, where he gets the cross from Kratzgelia and juggles it down without letting it hit the floor and sends it into the roof of the net. That one. Yeah, like that was one of my absolute favourites. I think about Giovanni Simeone scoring in the Champions League as well and having that tattoo that he got when he was 13 years old, the Champions League tattoo. And kissing it and and seeing um his dad Diego was was at the game against Fiorentina this weekend. Like this So many. I mean, I it was one of the things that really bowled me over actually with the celebrations this weekend is there were so many players who the camera came to during those celebrations who you think that wasn't you know, that isn't Victor Osimen, that isn't Kvaratskelia, that isn't the star of the show. 
but you could see like the ownership of it felt like collective ownership. Like even if you weren't the guy who started every game, if you only started a handful of games, you still are feeling the, the, the joy of this moment so much. I think that fits into that sort of wholesome thing you're talking about there. Just like, yeah, you know, feel happy for these guys. They've, they've done something incredible together. Are you looking for a powerful content creation tool that can help you take your marketing to the next level? Then look no further than GoCharlie AI. GoCharlie AI is an innovative AI-powered tool that can help you create high-quality content with incredible ease. Whether you need to generate ideas for new content, create blog posts, social media posts, or repurpose existing content, GoCharlie AI has got you covered. This tool is perfect for anyone who wants to create outstanding content without the hassle of writer's block or struggling with structure. With more than 50 use cases, GoCharlie AI can help you create everything from 1500 plus word blog posts to engaging Facebook and Instagram ads with just one click. So why wait? Sign up for GoCharlie AI today and start creating content that your audience will love. With its easy to use platform, innovative features and cutting edge AI technology, GoCharlie AI is the perfect content creation tool for marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners. Improve your work and streamline your content creation process with GoCharlie AI. Just go to seriachronicles.com forward slash GoCharlie and sign up. You'll also be helping the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. And and I do, yeah, it's like that. It's it's a village. It's also awesome cheering from the sidelines when Simeone came, comes on. Um it, it's it's a team that that there is no huge ego. It is really just creating for one another, supported by I guess a coach that just can't believe he's there. Do you know what I mean? That has gotten this. And and I think that Spelletti has always in many ways just always been the bridesmaid, right? And and there's always been called into question how he can handle things in his life. You know, he's gone through so much. I feel like a lot of criticism, but also well regarded as this great tactician. Isn't he? I wanted to ask you this specific question actually before the show, but I will do it on air. But wasn't he the one when Gab was telling us that he has like cameras for his for his mum? I, I believe that is a thing with Spalletti, yes. Um, okay. That was a weird sort of news story uh, a while ago where he he was sort of saying that he uh, keeps an eye on his mum and, and how she's doing with like uh, videos in her in her house, which is a bit... Unusual. Particular. It's his, yeah, I mean, who knows? Everyone's got their own way of living, right? But yes, it did seem, to me, seemed quite intrusive. I love my family, but the idea of having them tracking me on camera all the time <laughs> seems a bit much. I know, but I just feel like he was worried about her because she's old and on her own and he just wants yeah. to make sure she's okay. Um, but it, he just got a lot. And also just like things like the, the stories of Napoli, like the, the fact when his Fiat Panda got taken and they said, leave because you're not, you know, you're not going to win the Scudetto for us mm-hmm. last season. And then he's like, and then they're like, hey, we'll give it back to you. And he's like, yes, but I want to know what condition it's in. Is this, are the CDs still there? Um, like, there's just, there's so much of the interaction as well by the ultras who were like annoyed with him last season because that race for the title sort of fell off towards the end. 
And this season where he built such a buffer and created such an exceptional team aided by the beautiful work of, of Cristiano Giuntoli, there are so many different stories that you can focus on because a lot of these guys have just exploded. You know, it's the story of Osman, it's the story of Cravascalia, the story of Giuntoli, the story of Spalletti. There's a lot of like heroes or people who never thought they'd make it to this level. And then it's a collective brilliance, you know? Yeah, I yeah, exactly. As you just said it, Mina, it is such a collective effort. I, I loved um, Spalletti at the end of the game. He's been so self-deprecating, but yeah, saying you know, this really must be the city of miracles if, if even I get to win here. He's been so self-deprecating through the whole thing. And I think there's, there's like this inevitable tipping point that's going to come in the days and weeks ahead where we start talking about some of the things that even came up in the immediate aftermath of this game. I know Cristiano Giuntoli gave some quotes, the sporting director, where people have sort of taken an interpretation of it immediately for thinking, well, that sounds like he's on his way out. There's going to be questions without, without a doubt, there's going to be questions in the weeks ahead about Austin Men and Kvarat Scalia and even players like Kim and their future. And I, I kind of don't want to do that today. I think that's for another day. I think today and this week is, you know, celebrate what they've achieved and, and enjoy that. There's going to be plenty of time for speculating about everyone's future in the time ahead. Um, but just to sort of address that because I know people are going to immediately turn their heads to it. I saw a, a sort of on a YouTube channel in Naples, they were sort of, interviewing people, enjoying the parties and all the rest of it. And one of the questions I kept asking everyone is, oh, can they do it again next year? And I was like, we're only just starting this party, you know, and enjoy this party first. But incredible stuff. And I think it also has a, a lot to do with also uh, Di Laurentiis talking about doing it in Europe next, you know? Yeah. Well, he did turn it straight to the future. Yeah, that's the thing. He, he feels like they left something behind and he wants the team to continue something. And I know that you don't want to speculate, but my feeling is that a lot of them will stay. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's true. Maybe not the sporting director, but it would definitely be the most exciting outcome. And and you know, to give Dale Rentis his dues because we haven't probably talked about him as much as we could on this channel. Sometimes I think I did talk about this a little bit in my voice note. This this Napoli team has gone through such fascinating cycles since he took over as owner, and it hasn't been linear because sporting progress never is right. You never just get to go straight upwards. But the trajectory has really always been in this in this way. And I think you can sort of talk about continuous evolution in a way that's really interesting. I mean, actually, Walter Matsadi, who we have told him strips off for years because he's often terrible, but he, it was, well, it was Eddie Reha gets them into Serie A. Matsadi had them play a brilliant season in the Champions League where they absolutely very nearly knocked out the Chelsea team that won the whole thing really like so I think that's such a sliding doors moment that people forget because they were 3-1 up at home and Ashley Cole did heroics to stop them from going 4-1 down if they go 4-1 down I think uh, Napoli go through that tie because in the end they went to they went to extra time in the second leg and so there was the Walter Mazzari moment and then you get the Rafa Benitez moment and this sort of move to like we're going to be more international now we're going to attract these players we couldn't attract before and you sign Higuain and you sign Callejon and then you have the Marizio Sadi moment that overlaps and Sadi has a year with Higuain. Where Higuain and Albiol. Yes, Albiol as well. But where Higuain's unstoppable. But then Higuain goes and you think, is that the end of something? But no, actually Sadi made a whole new team, which was the, the Mertens-Calihon-Insignia attack. And, and that was, was a moment all of its own. And, you know, it, it's always been like that. And he's tried to make these positive steps. There was Ancelotti as well. And it hasn't always been linear, but... He, he really has sort of delivered on what he said he was going to do, get them up, get them into Europe and now win something. And he says he's going to win more. That's his goal. So I guess we'll see. 
it, yeah, exactly. But I do think that each one produced something that was necessary or that changed something. Mm. And what I like a lot about it is that you really feel like this is a team effort. I mean, it is mostly obviously Dylan and does like and pulls a lot of the shots. Even if you are to buy a, a play, he's the one that has to say the yes at the end. And he, so he's he's got his hands in every pot, if that makes sense. He is very much like the owner and the guy who takes um, and makes the decisions in a way that perhaps other presidents don't or owners do. Um, but I do, like, everyone has produced something. Benitez attracted the talent. It's like you said, you know, even Gattuso, like, changed something within that side in terms of sometimes being a little bit more pragmatic. Spalletti that just brought it all together. But all along, they have always tracked and and scouted the the players as well as the directors that they wanted to be um part of the team like just like Cristiano Giuntoli who they had like watched for so long watched him pull off the a magical Carpi miracle he was sporting director of, of Carpi and he brought them up from D to Serie A in just a few years and he did this all with a with a gross salary of 2.5 million for the entire team and just you know managed to bring them up obviously pulled off like one of the most amazing miracles and was then brought in by Di Laurentiis, who said, I really would love to meet you, as well as uh, the CEO, Chiavelli, at the time. And and they spoke to him about what his ideas are, where he thinks they could move. And he has brought in a whole new layer of like brilliance as well in his scouting and working with his particular coaches that he thought could bring out the best in the players that he thought were right for the team. And I just think when you have a good management system that supports the team, eventually it's going to result in a trophy. It should have and might have resulted in a trophy in 2018. They were so very, very near. But again, when you look at the size that have won it, it's always been this harmony at the very top. And I think Napoli were due this moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's in some ways the most incredible part of the story for me, Mina, is that they had 2018. And I think lots of people thought that's it, that's gone for a generation, and and it wasn't like. And even though they said goodbye to Sadi, even though they said goodbye to, we've talked about it plenty, but still always bears repeating. They said goodbye to that whole set: Mertens, Insigne, Koulibaly, even Fabian Ruiz, and just started again. But yet the trajectory kept being. I think that's that's the most extraordinary part about it, and and speaks so well to to who they are as a club and, with and no debt. To, to managing long term ownership. With right. no debt, with no debt. Hey gang, just wanted to let you know that you can now get a free 14-day trial of our Chronicles Defosi Patreon membership. Subscribe now for free for 14 days to get access to all of our full episodes, solo mini-sodes, bonus content, even behind-the-scene bonuses like our chats about football, and of course, our chats about life in general. You can also get the entire bank catalogue of Serie A Chronicles content. So head over to cdrchronicles.com forward slash Patreon and subscribe to the Chronicles of Fosie membership for free. And and is the model, frankly, to which a lot of Italian football needs to look, and this we were just talking about before we came on air, I think this is a really uh, a nice segue for us, because I was saying before we came on air that this moment to me, this weekend hit me a bit, actually, in terms of there's a discussion that we've already had on the podcast the last couple of weeks, and it's happening everywhere about whether Italian football is back or not. And I think it's it's kind of a beauty in the eye of the beholder conversation because what does back mean really anyway? Like it's it's a murky thing. But I, I just was watching first of all that Nappy celebration, which was obviously incredible, which was a, a Europe-wide moment of sort of acknowledgement worldwide, really, because it's a club that's got such incredible history with Maradona that hadn't won for so long. And then we went from there. Well, actually, 
in terms of sequencing of the weekend. We didn't go from there, but in, that's you know one high point of the weekend. But also this weekend we had Milan Lazio, Roma Inter, Atalanta Juve. So these are like the six teams trying to get into the Champions League along with Napoli now. And they all at the beginning of this weekend are very much in that race. And all of the stadiums those games were played in were packed. They were heaving. There was this sort of tension and atmosphere that just felt like significant and meaningful. On top of which, you know that Milan and Inter are about to play each other in a Champions League semi-final. Also Roma are about to play in a semi-final. Also Juventus about to play in a semi-final. It really felt like one of the most sort of thrilling moments of watching Italian football in a while, like in, in terms of the overall positioning of the league and, and, and where things are, which was, was really fun. I think we should start with the two Milan clubs. And I think I'm going to mash them together as topics, Mina, because I think they kind of overlap so much. They both won 2-0 against the two Rome clubs. Become a member at patreon.com forward slash Serie Chronicles for regular bonus episodes and content. Sports Social Podcast Network.